Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. All right, well, tonight uh, I'm going to be sharing a message called Being Inspired Towards True Greatness. Being Inspired Towards True Greatness. And I want to start by asking you the question, what inspires you? What inspires you? What moves you? What motivates you? And what, what, are you, what direction are you heading in? What is the greatness that you value and you pursue? What is the thing that makes you want to take risk in this life? What is the thing that makes you want to sacrifice your time and your energy? What is that thing that inspires you? And what is that greatness you're inspired towards? On Tuesday, at the, we had a young adults event and Catherine Hockendike was one of our guest speakers there. And she shared that at a, at a young age, as a young adult, uh, one of her friends passed away from cancer and it actually ended up inspiring her to live a life for Jesus, to live a life that counted, to live a life that mattered. And God turned that for good in her life and it inspired her to live a life that mattered. And you're doing such an amazing job with that, Catherine. You see, we're all created for greatness, but often it's inspiration or a lack of that stands between our experience, how we're living, and the life that we've been created to live. And so I want to ask you that question. What is it that inspires you? Do you get inspired? For some people, you may not be able to relate to that. But I really have faith tonight that as I I share, people are going to leave here tonight feeling inspired to move towards true greatness. Is that all right? So good. So for me growing up, uh, I lived a pretty uninspired life, to be honest. Uh, Spent a lot of time gaming and just waiting around for things to happen. Uh, But there was one thing that that really did inspire me and motivated me. Like homework never motivated me. I remember one, I have one memory of doing homework outside of school and I didn't understand people who would stay up late studying. I'm like, you just, why would you do that? You watch TV and go to sleep. But there wasn't many things that motivated me except for sport. That was something I could get up in the middle of the night to watch a game of rugby, you know, like I was motivated to sacrifice my sleep for that. But sport's an amazing thing for me, but it's not the actual like result of the game, to be honest. That's the big thing people think about, that the greatness people think about when they think about sport, it's the moments within sport. Those who dream about and inspired, inspired towards a greatness in the area of sport, they dream about the moments within the sport where, where almost the players and moments transcend sport itself in these moments of greatness. And one of the... Uh, um, one thing that happens in rugby is a thing called the chase down and it's something where where for me I've seen so many amazing moments of of greatness take place and a chase down is when an attacking team is is in the opponent's half and they have the ball then all of a sudden there's an intercept or something and the opponents are running in full speed in the other direction and for those who've played rugby like that's a real sinking feeling because you're working hard you're moving forward and next minute you're watching a guy 10 meters away from you running full speed with a clear run to the try line but what begins at that point is the chase down. There's always a few courageous people who are willing to take that on. But for those who understand a little bit about sprinting and about running, uh, they'll know what one thing my coach taught me when I was younger. He said that um, the, the one who wins the race is generally the one who slows the least. The one who wins the sprint is generally the one who slows the least. 
You see, because you have about something like six to seven seconds of 100% exertion of energy and strength, and it's all downhill from there. And that's why 100-meter sprinters will run faster than a 400-meter sprinter, because a 400-meter sprinter cannot keep that pace up the whole time. And so when you understand this dynamic, you start to understand these chase downs at a different level. It's not who's the fastest, it's who's the most courageous, who's the most determined, who's going to slow the least. And I'm just going to show you a brief clip of one of my favorite chase downs and this is All Blacks versus South Africa and uh, Willie LaRue gets intercept All Blacks on attack he intercepts it and he starts to sprint down the other end and this is the time where you know like in rugby you're tired you're working you're running hard they don't even get to start at 100% they start at 95% and it's downhill from there and I just want you to watch the chase down from Bowden Barrett but take note of how much Willie LaRue slows down thinking we need to straighten this attack so he does so Turbalo keeps it going the same way though. Oh, intercept! They won't get him, they won't get him. Oh, I don't know, Barrett's making a good effort. Oh, what a great effort. Try given though. Oh no, he's been told to go upstairs and have a look. But he made such a great effort, Barrett. Nearly got him. Watch the trailing foot, the trailing foot. So good. So that, that for me is like moments of greatness that I used to think about, moments of greatness within sport. But for you in this room, some people may have no relationship with sport. And it may be music or something, but, but we all dream about things. We all find ourselves being inspired towards greatness. And for you, it may be playing music either on guitar or singing or on an instrument or maybe even leading worship in front of thousands of people. And just that moment when you get to lead them maybe in your favorite song or you get to write a song and lead it in front of a massive group of people maybe it's financially, maybe it's a business, maybe it's having influence in your city. Like we all find ourselves in moments, dreaming of moments of greatness. The only problem with these particular moments of greatness that I've found is quite often the pinnacle of that experience is a moment of self-edification and self-significance. That these moments of greatness that I used to, and in moments still nowadays, dream about, these moments of greatness that you may dream about with singing, with, with finances or business, sometimes you'll find that at the pinnacle of that experience that you're dreaming about is, is a, is a, a let me get the right word, um, it's a self-focused moment of significance and edification. It's a self-focused moment of inspiration and edification. And there's a challenge. If, if, you, if, if the things that you're inspired towards are moments of self-edifying, moments of gratification in front of your community, then you're going to run into some problems. There was a movie called Cool Runnings, if anyone has seen that. It is uh, a movie based on the true story of some American businessmen who uh, went to Jamaica in the hopes of turning Jamaican sprinters into bobsledders. And that part is true, and they did go to the Olympics. Uh, they didn't win a medal, but uh, in the movie itself, this part isn't true, but the coach of the Jamaican team in the movie um, he was a part of the US uh, bobsled team. He had won two golds, but then when they won their third gold, the whole team had been awarded their gold, but shortly after that, they found that he had stashed weights in the front of the bobsled. And so his whole team had the gold medal stripped off them. And so towards the end of the movie, there's a sentimental moment between the Jamaican uh, driver or captain 
And the coach and the Jamaican driver, Doris, says to the coach, why did you do it? You had everything, like you had two gold medals. Why did you cheat? And the coach said to him that, Doris, if you're never enough without that gold medal, you'll never be enough with it. And if you're not enough without a moment of greatness, if you can't find your significance and, and your value outside of a moment of greatness, then you'll never find it with it. Then you'll never find it with it. People who believe that they are enough, that they are worthy without external significance or edification, don't pursue self-gratifying greatness because they know that they already have it. Their greatness is not defined by others, but from within, and that usually results in them pursuing greatness, not for their benefit, but the benefit of those around them. What I'm saying is if your perception of greatness, the thing that you're inspired or motivated towards is a moment of personal significance or edification, then you're going to be disappointed because it's a shallow counterfeit of true greatness. The pursuit of that greatness reveals a lack in your security and identity that a moment of public celebration can temporarily cover but never satisfy. If you're not enough without a moment of celebration and edification, you'll never be enough with it. This type of self-orientated uh, edification and greatness is common to everyone. Everyone would have faced that at some level. Maybe, you, maybe you're dreaming about it this afternoon, that moment when everyone would see how amazing you were. Like, like we're wired to lean in that direction in moments. Um, but this is something that we all face, and it's something that Jesus had to deal with in his disciples. Uh, Jesus' followers, he would, he would he, and if you read each of the four Gospels, you'll find in there Jesus having to correct his disciples multiple times, saying, hey, like that's not true greatness. The greatness that you guys are pursuing after is not true greatness. And so we look in the Bible at uh, the Gospel of Luke, who was one of Jesus' disciples, the doctor, and he says in chapter 22, 24 to 27, now there was also a dispute among them, this is the disciples, as to which should be considered the greatest. But the, no, what I want you to note here is Jesus didn't tell them, don't try be the greatest. He just redefined greatness. And he says, and he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. A Gentile is basically what a Jew calls anyone who's not a Jew. The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. In other words, that, that these people, they benefit from those that they are leading. Those that they have authority over, they actually benefit from their lives. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be the younger. And he who governs as one who serves. He's contradicting over and over. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as one who serves. Jesus redefined to them, and he had to do this repetitively. He redefined to them what true greatness was because we have this bent where we want to dream about that moment of our own self-edification. But Jesus said, no, that's not true greatness. True greatness is when you're able to serve someone else. True greatness is not a self-orientated moment of greatness, but a servant-orientated moment of greatness. For the first 21 years of my life, there were just, you know, like there were so many people around me who went through so much stuff. And there was um, like, I remember in a two-year space, five of my close friends 
all had their parents split up. One parent left for another partner. And there were just so many things, you know, like people's, you know, pursuing dreams and then dreams being dashed, just, you know, life just happening to everyone around me. But I just was too, you know, the only thing I was inspired to were moments of self-gratifying greatness. I was never inspired to serve other people with my life. And I don't, I really don't do regrets, but I'm going to say I do for the sake of communication. I, I honestly like... Like, yes, I do regret, like, the overtly destructive things that I did in certain people's lives. But to be honest, the thing, if I did regret that I regret more, is not those destructive things I did in in 20, 30, 40 people's lives, but the thousands of lives that I interacted with and I didn't sow in. The thousands of lives I interacted with, but I didn't sow into because I was too focused on self and self-greatness to recognize what true greatness was, that is to serve someone else. Don't make the same mistake I made for the first 21 years of my life, where I wasn't able to break out of my own personal greatness and desire for self-gratifying greatness and so into others. Don't make that mistake that I did. You have been created for greatness so much higher than that. Jesus knew true greatness. He modeled it. And through the lives of men and women of faith today, he continues to model it. Um, I'm going to show a testimony uh, just of Jesus just modeling true greatness. Jesus just showing up in someone's life for them and for their moment, not for his own gratification. And as I, watch, as I show this video, because um, I, like, I really want you to not just hear a message about being inspired towards true greatness. I want you to be inspired to true greatness. But I'm, I'm, only li- I'm a little limited in what I can do. But this is just Jesus modeling what is possible. And as you watch this video, I really have faith that seed is going to drop in people's hearts this evening to live a life pursuing true greatness. So if we could watch that video. Christina is now happily married with several kids and ministering to other women. I really believe in this moment that by seeing that testimony that some seeds have been planted in people's lives that are going to inspire you to true greatness. And the fruit of true greatness is not the the things in your life, but the transformation and the salvation in someone else's life. I do not understand. I do not understand why he would so profoundly walk into his hell. has not walked into my brother's life yet and I'm sure each of you will have questions when you watch that video of why did my parents marriage split up why did my marriage split up why are my family members not following God why did this happen why did this that happen you'll have questions just like me and, and I don't understand everything but I'm starting to understand more and more his purpose and his will for every single person. I'm beginning to understand more and more that his purpose and his will is that he is for every single individual in this room and outside of this room, that he has more hope for you 
than you can imagine. That no matter how far away you are or no matter how far away a family member is, that Jesus is right there and available to walk into their life. I do not understand everything, but I'm beginning to understand more that all Jesus does is save people from their sin and their selfishness because it's who He is. All He does is He heals people from their physical and their emotional pain. It's what He does. He delivers people from their fears, their insecurities, and their doubts. And He wills for us to walk in the freedom and the authority that He has given us. I do not understand why we may not see that every time, but I do understand He has more light in Him than there is darkness in this world. And that He has more hope than any situation can look hopeless. He desires for every person to be reconciled in relationship with Him, our families, our community. And He has given that role to us as well. And I believe we have all been created to be inspired to true greatness, to serve the lives of those around us so that they may have an opportunity to go from one kingdom to the next. Some people say, I don't know how bad things can happen in life. I don't know how terrible tragedies can happen. And I don't know the answer either, but I know that. And I know Him. And I believe the one thing that can inspire you to true greatness is that. It is Jesus. It is the fact that He laid down His life for every single person and He continues to serve every single person. This is why millions of people get up every day inspired to sacrifice their time, their finances, and their life to serve others. It's because of that. Jesus is the only thing that can take a life from one kingdom to another in a moment, from brokenness, loss, hopelessness, despair, into light life, hope, and purpose. When I became a Christian, Jesus did not overtly appear to me like He did Christina in that moment. It was a wrestle, it was a journey of discovering, but I discovered enough of His purpose and His will for me that I was able to trust Him with my life by faith. And I want that testimony to inspire you to know Jesus' will and purpose for the redemption of every person. But I don't want it to exclude you from pursuing true greatness just because you may not have encountered Jesus quite like that. I watched a documentary this week about a young adult who had a similar journey to me where he didn't didn't believe in Jesus, but he he found himself in, in a church service and he found himself wrestling with this thing about whether God was real, whether Jesus was God. And he made a decision in faith to trust Jesus with his whole life. And he went on, even though he didn't encounter God as, as directly as, as Christina did in that moment. That man still went on to preach to more and, see, and lead more people to Jesus than any other person ever before. And that man was Billy Graham. He didn't encounter Jesus quite like that, but it didn't stop him. It didn't limit him and it shouldn't limit you either. I want that testimony to inspire you towards true greatness and don't allow it to be a ceiling just because you haven't had that type of encounter. What would it look like if every person in this room was inspired towards true greatness to pursue the greatness that is serving God's creation? 
What if every person in this room was more focused on blessing and sowing the lives, sowing into the lives of those around them as opposed to their own self-benefit? Harry Truman, a US president during World War II said, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. And when you're inspired to see others other people's lives transformed, saved, healed, and delivered. When you're inspired to true greatness, to serving others, it's amazing how little you care about the glory and edification that you get. And when you begin to sow into other people's lives without a care of who gets the glory and who gets the credit, it's amazing not only what you will do, but the people that will show up in your life. What would it look like if every person in this room was inspired to make an ongoing decision to go the extra mile in order to serve someone else's life for Jesus? I believe our faith would grow, our community would be strengthened, and others would come to know the love of Jesus and make that decision to move from one kingdom to another.